Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Today, we're going to talk about how past projects can fuel new creative works. But before we do that, we're going to talk about our creative weeks. So, Joy, what did you do? Well, I have done a few creative things, thankfully. I've had a lot of fun with those. As we record this, we are right before Christmas. So I know this is going to be January when y'all actually listen to this. But my creative stuff kind of has to do a little bit with the holidays. So I decided to do a 12 days of reading. Uh, So the 12 days of Christmas, you know, are the uh, December 26th through January 6th, so the time between Christmas and Epiphany, um, which is an important time for me as a Christian. Like, I love that time for those reasons, but I thought, oh, how fun would it be to make it 12 days of reading and send my newsletter subscribers some little tips and challenges to keep them reading for those 12 days and kind of set them up for a good new year of reading. So that is kind of what I did. I started out coming up with this much more complex idea of having people sign up and get an email each day and have a lot more content in it and stuff like that. And I might do that in the future, but I decided I did not have the time or energy for something quite that big this year. So it kept in my mind though. I didn't want to let it go. I really liked the idea of it. So I decided to just kind of pare it down and make it just a simple challenge for each of those days and to put it in my newsletter for my subscribers. So that is what I did and I had a lot of fun doing it and I hope that my subscribers enjoyed that. Yes, I'm sure we did. Um, I have not checked my email, to be honest with you. Well, and it just went out this morning. So (laughs) I was like, how long has this been happening? (laughs) I just sent it this morning. So we're actually right before Christmas as we're recording this. So it's set up so that people will have it for Monday, the day after Christmas Mm -hmm. and all Mm -hmm. of that. And then I'll send it again in next week's email. Yes, that's wonderful. So tell us about your creative week. Sure. Well, um, I am technically on Christmas break from work, so that works out pretty nicely. I did have to go into work um, on Tuesday, but that was something that just had to be done. And anyway, beyond that, (laughs) we have uh, been doing a lot of stuff around the house. particularly with my boys, because they have been staying in the same room. And they informed me right before Christmas break that they are now old enough to have separate rooms. And we have the space. Like when we moved into this house, we had two rooms specifically for them. And we were going to move them into separate rooms whenever we moved in here. And they were like, actually, mom, we don't want to separate just now. And I was like, that's adorable. You stay in the room. (laughs) (laughs) So now they have decided, I think it's been five or six years later or something, however long we've been in this house, that they 
are ready to have their own space, which I think is cool. Um, but also a little weepy because I feel like this is some sort of like rite of passage or something like that. I could, I don't know. I might be making too big of a deal out of it, but I feel like it's a big deal. <laughs> They're growing up. They are growing up. So I started on Saturday. So it's been Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So this is day six. <laughs> um, just like packing up things and going through things and paint. Like we had to paint one room because it was real bad. And so we, <laughs> the other one needs to be painted too. But the last people who own this house painted on top of wallpaper and painted a flat paint on top of wallpaper. And so it's just going to be a chore, a chore that's not going to be able to fit into these, uh, to this break time. So, but yeah, I started on Saturday. I was like, I'm just going to head start on it. I just felt motivated. And I was like, boys, are you motivated? And they were like, yes. And I was like, let's do it. And, um, (laughs) and six days later, we're like, let's do it. So you're gonna need like a vacation from this whole like holiday <laughs> I need a soak is what I need I need like a really big bathtub and like some Epsom salt <laughs> <laughs> and a nice hour to soak <laughs> like that's what I need um forget the vacation that's not happening but maybe <laughs> I off bath. but um but yeah so one room is done pretty much and then the other one, I'm working on that one now. And uh, and th- we had to swap due to the size of the room and furniture and things like that. They had to swap dressers. So one of the last things that we'll have to do is like get the clothes out of one kid's dresser and move it to the other kid's dresser and then get those clothes and move it to those. <laughs> so that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be a thing. But I haven't luckily I haven't washed clothes in like six days, too. So um, they should go. be pretty empty. The drawers should be pretty <laughs> That's great. So you did that on purpose, right? You knew what you were doing. <laughs> I just don't have any bandwidth for laundry right now. Like I'm focused on the rooms. <laughs> Sometimes it kind of gets to the point where moms are like, you can just like flip the underwear inside out. Yes. Give us a few more days. You're good. Okay. I haven't gotten there, but I have been like, go pull some pants out of the laundry room and put some Febreze <laughs> on it because you have not told me that you do not have any long pants. So therefore, I did not know that I needed to wash a load of clothes. <laughs> and here we are. Ah, <laughs> oh, the joys of motherhood. Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, like, they got to help me out here. We all have our responsibilities. And their responsibility is to be aware of the things that they need and share those things with me so that I can fulfill the needs. Like, that's, that's you And you have to tell me before, 30 minutes before it's time to leave. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's one of those things that takes kids a while to learn. <laughs> right. Well, they are going to have to learn quick. Otherwise, they're going to be pulling pants out of the, la- the dirty laundry basket for a while. <laughs> So, and everybody's going to be like, should we be friends if you smell like that? I'm not sure. So, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> oh, goodness. But that's what I've been doing. And actually, I'm, t- I'm joking around and stuff, but it is, it's been really, really fun to hang out with them and to see what they want and see like, how I can fulfill the things that they want in their rooms. And sometimes we have to make a compromise and that's cool, but it has been really, really good to kind of get to hang out with them um, and to to get long amounts of time with them 
to have long conversations and to have long experiences with them, which I don't really get to do generally because when we come home, there's about two hours by the time I pick them up and by the time they go to bed, like I get two hours a night pretty much. So the only time I have this kind of space is on Saturday and Sunday. Sunday we have church and so half a day is gone. And then Saturdays we tend to be busy on those days too. And it's just like trying to get from one thing to another. So these past days have been pretty great. So really hard physically, but pretty great to get to hang out with them. That's good. That's a nice little little gift. It is. It is a little it's good. And that's why like working in higher education is, is good for me because <clears throat> though I don't teach, I still get some good time with the family mm-hmm. and uh, I can dig, I can dig that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now I guess it's time <laughs> to jump into our topic. Yeah. I love this topic, Joy. I do too. I'm excited about it. Yeah. This was a topic that we kind of Well, everything this season is springing from our work sessions on Mm -hmm. Finders Keepers, a practical approach to find and keep your writing critique partner. So just a recap, short recap. We are reviewing our book that we put out in 2019 so that we can write a companion workbook to go along with it. And we're adding new tips and tricks and extra exercises and, you know, just really refining the workbook to be something worth the cost Mm -hmm. of a workbook. Um, So if you have the book, that's great. And if you have if you have the workbook, that's great too. And then you pair them together and you have like this mega great thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're doing. And we are sharing our experiences, our observations, and our workshop results um, with you guys throughout season four. And so this is an observation that we thought merited its own episode. Yeah. So we have a few ways to kind of um, ways that this can play out. So if you've got past products or past projects that you've already worked on, things that are already completed or are near completion, they can very easily fuel new creative works. And you, this comes to be in a number of different ways. And so we just wanted to kind of share, first of all, how this could come to be. So we've got a few ways to share with you. So the first one was, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be another book. And this was funny because we were talking about my collection, Carolina's Legacy Collection, and how it started out to just be a standalone. And then it turned into this thing of, oh, well, I'll do another book. But it wasn't really just another book. It turned into four books, all completely different. So there is a novel and novella, a short story collection, and an epistolary. So while it was another book, it also kind of wasn't. <laughs> so that's one example of a new creative work coming out of a past project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so I know we're going to be talking a lot about writing and publications and things like that. But I think that this actually fits with any creative medium that you're thinking about. It doesn't have to be the same kind of product that the original is is. Yeah, is. <laughs> it doesn't have to be the same kind of project that the original is. It can be something completely new. And it also doesn't have to be something completely new. <laughs> so um, what we were thinking about there is like if you had a nonfiction work <clears throat> and uh, that that 
book comes to be and people start reading it and you start getting a lot of questions on a particular um, subsection of the book. Mm-hmm. And, and then we've seen this. I can't think of an, of a, of an example off at the top of my head, but I feel like I've seen this happen before where there's been a subsection in the book where there were just a lot of consumer questions about that particular subsection. And so the author decided to write another book and flesh out that subsection in a whole, um, in a whole nother way, but it's still a book. It's still a nonfiction. It's still a self-help or whatever is, you know, whatever it is. It's just about that subsection that came from the original project. And so it doesn't have to be another book, but it could be. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, even like our workbook. I mean, yes, Mm -hmm. technically it's another book, but it's not a book book. It's a workbook. And, you know, so that's another option. Um, I have a couple of author friends too, who in everything that we've talked about Well, no, that's not true because what you just said about the nonfiction, that could come from your audience. So Mm -hmm. if they have particular questions about, um, you know, a particular, like you said, subsection of something, then that can spawn the new idea. Um, Mm -hmm. The same with fiction. Um, I have a couple of author friends whose books, the next book takes a smaller character from the previous book and then it becomes their story. And some of that is just the author's idea. You know, I want to write this character's story next, you know, that kind of thing. But some of it comes from readers and Mm -hmm. readers will say, Hey, I loved so-and-so in this book. And um, that's who the next book is about. And I just Mm -hmm. love that because you have, you have two options here. You have the internal and external. And so the internal is like, you know, you as the author coming up with these new ideas or this new way to take things or whatever. But you also have the external. Sorry for my dog barking. If y'all can hear that, (laughs) just ignore Romy. She's insane. So the external (laughs) is where you get um, the added bonus, I think, of reader reaction and interaction. And so I think that's kind of a cool part of it, too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also you can be strategic with that as well, because if you're providing something that's good quality in between like your first um, book and the book that everybody is asking for with those particular characters and you have good content in between there, then you can keep that anticipation of this couple or this character or something like that, getting their own space in a book and, uh, and fill in, fill in there too. But that only works if you can keep the suspense and the, and the anticipation for the other, the other book. And that's where, Um, like, fan art, like, you know, mm. I see a lot of times, and readers are incredibly creative, and they, a lot of times, will come up with fan art um, for those characters, and they're posting it on their social media feeds, and sometimes the author is like, I love this, and they're sharing it. Um, So you could do the same thing with, like, merch. So if it is your own, either you've done the illustrations yourself, or you have commissioned someone to do them for you, um, that can become... A whole thing too because now you have this artwork that shows the characters and that can help with that building anticipation right right and if you have like a long period of time in between your your main projects and if you could fill in the gaps 
with some some smaller projects like a novella or you know something like that or a contest or something um, that could get your audience from book one to book two or from project one to project two, then that would be super helpful. So Tahara Mafi was the first time that I saw this happen, and she has a series called Shatter Me. This is a while back, but in between book one and book two, she pub her her publishing company um, published a novella that went in between from a character that was well liked or, or, or well disliked. I think it's one of them. But, um, <laughs> either way, strong either emotions way. were evoked. Yes. <laughs> that's right. You want to go with your strong emotions. I think that's really important that there's, there's, you know, the, either the audience or you have strong emotions either way. And uh, so in between what would normally be like a two year cycle between book one and book two, like there was, there was that still holding on to that audience by putting this novella out there. And it was just really, really good to get that extra content, first of all. Second of all, it was really good content. And um, it really fit right into the fandom as well. And, you know, in the audience, the audience's desires. I think that's really important too. Um, and then and then we were able to wait a little bit longer for the for the next book to come out. So just a thought. Holds on to your audience. It's a good reason to do something like this as well. But that's an example. That was a great one. Um, I think the next thing that we jotted down about this is kind of short and sweet. And, you know, you would think <laughs> like, well, this is just kind of everybody would think this anyway, but I think it's important to say out loud. And that is that this can happen when you least expect it. And mm -hmm. I think that we've had that happen in our own creative journeys where we're definitely not looking for something new or something additional, but it just kind of pops up. And it typically happens when those creative juices are churning, you know, on something else and it just sparks another idea. Right. And I think that our maybe a tip for this particular piece is to, you know, walk around with your chin up, like look around, be observant um, with the around with the world around you. And then two, I would say be in conversation with your creative community, not just the people who are your consumers, but also other creatives around you so that those those creative juices can stay bubbling and you can you can really catch hold of the the new things that come up, even if it's about older projects. Yeah, definitely. I know like on social media, the creatives that you follow there, you can get all sorts of ideas that um, you never would have had before. Uh, so good tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and also, and this kind of falls, flows off of that particular um, point, but that there's no expiration date when a new idea will pop up. So again, this is like 2019 where we're, we, we published this book in 2019 and here it is 2022 and we're working on a workbook because we just felt compelled. We were compelled. We thought that we had this phenomenal book and it would only be enhanced in this particular way and it would only serve the audience more. And so, uh, so we're going to take the time and the effort and the creative manpower, as I wish you would say. <laughs> And, uh, and and make it happen. So there are different types of, you know, you know, like it doesn't have to be another book. It could be some other kind of medium. Uh, so go rolling back over to point one. But there are sometimes there are projects that don't really take off until 10 years later or something like that. Uh, so there is no expiration date on when these things can happen. So you, if you just keep 
keep them in the back of your mind and keep those creative juices flowing, then you're going to be ready and willing whenever the inspiration and the ideas do come. Yeah. And, you know, that speaking of things in the future, you know, that could be, um, 10th anniversary, special editions, you know, hardcovers, like, uh, things like that, that you want to do, um, special art to go along with that or special, uh, dust covers and things like that. If you're doing a hardcover. Um, so there are even things like that, the, um, screenwriting, like that's something Mm. I, I was, it was in my head because somebody talked about that, about my book and, it was already in my mind. And then I got this email and I kid you not, the subject line was something like um, screenwriting workshop just for you or something ridiculously like, oh my gosh, you know? Mm-hmm. And so of course I had to open it and like read a little bit about it, but it got those wheels turning and thinking about some other future things. Mm-hmm. But I think another thing here is when these ideas pop up, because they, like we said, can happen mm-hmm. at any moment. You may not be ready to work on them at that point, And that's fine. Like we said, no expiration date. But also, you need to make sure, because I have definitely made this mistake. <laughs> you need to make sure that even if you're not going to jump right on that new project, that you sit down right then and there when the idea is fresh and bursting in your mind and jot down everything that's coming to mind brainstorm it out and get it somewhere safe, um, not just a napkin that could, could get thrown away and make sure that it's not just like two random words because I have done that. And even though it was a fantastic idea, when I looked back at it and I was like, I'm sure that was great. Don't have a clue what it was for. <laughs> so you need to make sure you actually just give yourself a few minutes. I know sometimes we're in the middle of stuff and it's it's hard to do that, but do the best you can to carve out just a few minutes to get the brainstorming done so that you don't lose that great idea. Right. You know what? Even if you can't get to a computer or a notebook or anything like that, if you happen to have voice memo on your phone, you can do that laying down. So if you're too tired, if you're, you know, if you can't, if you're, if you're sick or anything like that, you can open up your voice memo potentially if you have it and and just record yourself spurting out your thoughts. And that's something you can even do if you're driving because I don't know about Mm -hmm. y'all, but a lot of times when I'm driving is when I have these sparks of, of inspiration. Um, I don't know what is up with the creative genius that happens when you're either in the shower or driving a car. (laughs) Do you know what? I have a theory on that. Should we do it now or later? Ooh, go for it. <laughs> Sidebar. Okay. Yes. So here's my theory on that. Um, at least for my partic- my particular situation, and it's generally that I have am scheduled every moment of every minute of every day, and so I'm always having to mentally think about um, my next thing and the thing that I'm currently doing. And so in the shower and driving is the only time that I cannot multitask. Right. That's true. So, and it's almost like doing doing the dishes too because your hands are all wet and you can't like write and do you know like those kind of things. So doing the dishes, oh ironing is another one. <laughs> so ironing, doing the dishes, shower and driving are times where I am forced to single task. Mm-hmm. And that's when my brain starts popping out these things. It's like, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I do I've been still have to tell you this all day long. <laughs> 
That's wonderful. (laughs) That's my theory. I think that that theory holds up. (laughs) I would agree with that. (laughs) So there's that. And here's another thing, too, just to kind of reflect back on one of the other points. Let's see which one was it. I think it was a no expiration date. But um, so if you haven't revisited your your projects, if you're a long time creative and you haven't revisited something that you've done or what would you would consider completed and maybe even out in the world already, um, in a while, then this might be a good time for you to like look back at those early creations and early projects and say, is there something that I can build upon here? Or if I can refresh a community or refresh an audience with um, doing something different. And I think that leads in perfectly to our next, um, our next point. So this would be on kind of a a different end from what we were about to say, but, um, when you go back and you kind of, you used these words earlier. So these are May's words. They are not mine. And I love them. When you go back to awaken a dormant piece. So that's really what you were talking about. Um, when you go through something that you haven't looked at in a while, you're coming at it with fresh eyes for one, and you can probably pull out some new quotes and new little details and maybe a new way of um, your your elevator pitch or whatever, a new way of pitching that book or whatever it is that you have. Um, And this can help you with some new graphics, some new memes, some new things that you can put out into the world to let people know about this piece. So that is definitely something that can come from this. And that is, we, we talked about this earlier, you know, so obviously if you're pulling quotes from a previous project, that's not necessarily a completely new project, but it is new content because you're taking out these nuggets and you're putting them out into the world to help you with the marketing of things. And so it's a different format. It's a different purpose. It's a different and new thing. So that's yeah. part of it too. Well, and it's all dependent upon how you use the quotes and the things mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, that quote might be beautiful in a Canva design for a journal or something like that. Yes. Like it, it just depends on how you're going to be using it. I personally think that it's a great idea to pull out those quotes and kind of store them away so that you can make um, memes or um, social media posts or something like that and make those pretty and then post them and, and that sort of thing too. Um, another thing too would be to record your emotions about like particular parts of your project. So <clears throat> if it's a visual project, like what were the emotions? Do you need to record a video of you talking about like the behind the scenes of, of making your project and that sort of thing? I actually did that for my poetry book, Grief Like a River, and there were certain poems where I kind of recounted the situations um, and the emotions behind it and, and some of my favorite lines and, and why I used I chose particular things. Um, and I, I put that on YouTube and used that as part of my marketing, my launch marketing for that book. Um, and I felt like it was, I felt, I love behind the scenes things anyway. And so I felt like it was a good thing to do because it spurred something in me as a reader and also as an author too, because poetry is very vulnerable. So let's talk about this vulnerable situation in a very tactful way. That's not going to, you know, cause any kind of permanent emotional damage because we don't want to do that. Um, but like, 
you can have those kind of little content things and it doesn't have to be long. It can be a one or two minute video where you're talking about a particular color or a particular technique or, you know, anything like that in your creative piece. And uh, it just gets your audience to hear your voice, to see your face and to connect that to a human being. And I think that that's so very important these days. Yes, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And, you know, a lot of times things like this come out. I know you're behind the scenes. Um, I, I don't remember if you started that as you were finishing the book or right after. I think I did it after. After. Yeah. So a lot of times, like as you are in those final stages, right before you put something out into the world, oh, yeah. uh-huh. you know, you, that might be a perfect opportunity as you're going through the final edits or the whatever, the final read through the whatever you do, like pulling those things like the quotes or um, jotting down discussion questions that a book club can use if they read your book, um, things like that to put into for, for us book club kits which mm-hmm. are super helpful. Um, that's a whole new content thing that you can put out into the world. Um, you know, any of these things, like your deleted scenes, that's another thing that a lot of times go into a book club kit, or they can be used um, for your newsletter subscribers or to, you know, send out as like a freebie for people that will kind of hopefully hook them and make them want to come in and, and buy your book or you know, whatever. Yeah. And if you're like cognizant of this kind of stuff, when you're, whenever you're making things, you can also do like process pictures and things like that. And people, Mm -hmm. man, people love that kind of stuff, especially artists who are also consumers. They love Mm -hmm. to see process pictures. They want to see what it looked like at the beginning and then compare it to the end. And that also gives us a lot of comfort too, about how our process is, is a little messy and chaotic at the beginning, but at the end, it can come out to be something that, that someone else loves in the same way that you love that other artist's work too, as a consumer. The poetry illustrations that I have in Grief Like a River, I have them all scanned in at high quality scans and things like that so that I can make some merchandise for them later. So stickers mm-hmm. and totes and t-shirts if necessary. You know, like I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with them just yet, but <laughs> but that was a thought where I would be able to have like either a Shopify store or a Redbubble or Society6 or something like that to where I would be able to put them on things. And if someone wanted to purchase it, they would be able to do that as well. So. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, like you said, this can come up in so many different forms, so many different formats. You mentioned a journal earlier, you Mm -hmm. know, um, videos, artwork, um, music. I mean, there are just so many different things that you can do. So many new creative projects that can come out of existing ones. Right. Oh my goodness. Maggie Stevewater um, makes an original composition for every single one of her books so to play, to be played uh, in the audiobook recording. So at the mm-hmm. beginning and at the end of the book, you'll hear like an original composition come in and go out. Um, and it just adds to the whole experience of the audiobooks. It's very nice. It is. And I love that when there is a creative who does more than one medium and for them to bring those together, like you did with your poetry book, you know, you've got your illustrations along with your poetry and then you did the, um, the videos, the behind the scenes videos that gave us an opportunity to hear your voice, read your poetry, which I think is a whole other medium in itself. Um, because you did a lot of, 
you know, speech and debate. So you have that background of being able to read things in such a dramatic fashion that any of your readers would be so thankful to be able to actually hear that. So I love that. So cool. <laughs> yes, well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. So now we've talked about what you can do with your past projects and actually the tangible things that you can come up with as far as content and new merch and, and all of that kind of stuff. So in our next episode, we're going to talk about how to know if you should build on a completed project and how to evaluate the project to make sure that all of these efforts that we talked about before uh, in this episode should be out in the world. Yes, that is perfect. I can't wait for that episode. I hope you guys are going to enjoy it too. Yes. But now, <laughs> but I think first. it's time. Yeah. <laughs> but now, I think it's time for a QWERTY challenge. Do you? Yes, I definitely think so. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, um, so we talked about two different types of sources in at the beginning of the episode: your internal sources and your external sources. So we have a dual challenge for you: one based on internal. Um, sources and the other one based on your external sources. So your internal sources, we have a couple of questions for you. When was the last time you evaluated your past projects? And maybe we should just do one at a time. So if you have multiple past completed projects, then maybe pick one. It could be your first one if you wanted to go in chronological order, or it could be your favorite one. I'm good with that too. Or it could be your least favorite one. That would be interesting to evaluate to see how you can kind of like make it bloom. So, <laughs> so, um, so when was the last time that you've looked at a past product uh, project and have you already been inspired by a past, a past project? And if so, like, have you written down the ideas that you've gotten from it? And even if you have written them down, do you have them all in like one file or in a particular folder or however you organize and, and keep your things like are those organized are they there where you can reach in and grab one whenever you have the opportunity to start on a new project right like either whether something is out with a critique partner or a um, in, in for a gallery review or something like that like do you have if time to look at one of those ideas and to make that small thing come into, you know, like be a real thing <laughs> um, before you start another project and move on from there. So um, Joy brought that up earlier and I was like, that's a great idea because you might have a small pocket of time where you can actually do something like that um, instead of start a new big project. Maybe your brain needs to kind of rest for a moment mm -hmm. or focus on something else, but you already have a schedule in mind for how your projects are going to go for the year, this might be the perfect opportunity to give your brain some rest, think about something else you know, before it jumps into something else that's long-term. Yeah. So. Which well is kind it. of what we did this season with our workbook. You know, we had mm -hmm. our list of ideas of what we might potentially work on and we narrowed it down based on what we had time for and what we thought we could handle in this season of life. And so there you go. It's because we had all those ideas written down and together. And that made right. it easier. It did. It did. So that's our internal source challenge. Joy, will you give us our external source yeah, so external sources. So first of all, have you asked your audience what they want to see from you? Maybe on social media or something like that. Um, 
Or maybe has your audience already given you their wish list? Have you, do you have a, an audience who has been very vocal about wanting to see more of a particular character, for example, or something like that? Um, now, if you don't have an audience, don't fear. You could always ask your creative friends or critique partners, for example, if you're an author, you know, who are familiar with your work, what ideas they might have or things that they would love to see you dive into a little bit more. Yes, absolutely. And I know that if they love you and they love your creative work, that they are going to have a lot of opinions to share with you out of love and care. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Absolutely. This one's a fun one, Joy. I'm glad we did it. It was. I agree. <laughs> have a great week. And go make something. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.